morning. Welcome to the very first episode of Breakfast with the Beak. I am your intrepid host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my trusty sidekick. Hi, I'm Dr. Heisenberg. Yes, and every week here at Breakfast with the Beak, we take a series of topics suggested by you, the listener. We choose one at random using an extremely advanced method, and we do a show about it. So, let us choose our topic using our extremely scientific method. Eleven! Eleven, that is, if we go to the list... The Russian Space Program, suggested by Nick in Philadelphia. Thanks, Nick. That was a good call. That's a good one. Now, the Russian Space Program, in my humble opinion, can best be exemplified by three particular instances in its history. Now, the first one, of course, being the 1957 launch of Sputnik. 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 Yes. We are very amused by that name. It meant, I think, satellite or sput? Sputnik from the topic suggested by Nick. Dude, really? This is where we're going with this? This is where you've chosen to... This is how you've chosen to live your life. Is <laughs> Tell me your three. Tell me about the great Russian vodka famine of space. I don't think that's on the list. Okay. Is that... Hey, I'm going to go to the book here. Is that on the list? No. You have a book about Sputnik? I could. Can I borrow it? You know what? I'm going to go out, and I'm going to obtain a book about Sputnik. I'm going to let you borrow it, and you are going to write me a report on it. I'm going to read your book report, and I'm going to give it a fucking F. <laughs> An F for ruining my <laughs> for show. <laughs> you told me. Yeah. That's what it's going to be, because I was trying to tell the people about Sputnik, which was a little silver globe with little legs. It sounds like you're trying to yell at me. I I think you should get back to telling the people about Sputnik. Oh, so this is how we're doing this. Very well. Sputnik was a little round silver thing with little legs on it, and they shot it up into orbit, and it went beep, and it went around the Earth a few times, and it had a machine on it, which went beep. Was it like, it was kind of like globy? Like, did it have arms? It had, like, uh... Like, hey, kids, look down there, it's friends! You know, kind of, because it's... That'd be a cool thing for a kid's show, is like, uh... You know, like, if Sputnik could talk and he like, tell kids about geography while he's orbiting the planet? You... I suppose that wouldn't be a terrible idea for a kid's show. You know, globy. I'm familiar like with the work playoffs. of Globy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm familiar with the work of Globy. He was a globe with a grotesque little face on it and horrible stunted arms who pointed at places on his geographically incorrect body to indicate where stuff was. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess if you put a horrible little face on Sputnik and had a guy stick his hand up the back to make it talk, you could, yes, do a children's geography program I'd about watch, Sputnik. I'd watch that show. That'd be awesome. Would he just point to stuff? Would he just say, hey, there's France? Or would he then, like, use his space camera to look at France and we'd learn about it? Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. He could, like, um, it could be even, like, a creepy Google thing where he could zoom in too close and show people, like, getting into their cars and, like, like peep into windows. Like a whole KGB thing. Like, it's a kid's show, but it's also about ratting out your neighbors who aren't, you know, loyal to the motherland. Like, hey, look, kids! Capitalist propaganda in that house. Don't be like Sergey. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I. That'd be. It um, would. It, okay, fine. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna let you have that idea. 
And you can pitch that to whoever you'd like, and you come back to me. I'm going to pitch it to 30 years ago. So what did Sputnik do? Uh, Sputnik uh, went around the Earth. It beeped. They, uh, they had a little chamber inside with gas in it so that if a meteorite, like, punctured it, they would detect the change in temperature and realize, oh, a meteorite hit it, and now we know a little bit about what happens when a meteorite hits something. Did you, did you tell them why it's important? Did it? Because I wasn't paying attention. It was the first man-made object into orbit. Oh, yeah. That's kind of a big deal. Yes. And, you know, dual use as a meteorite target. So, that's something. Globy, honestly. Hey, kids, if you hurl a rock at me, I'll explode! <laughs> Could he explode, like, over and over again? Like, a, like because then you could, like, do, like... Michael Bay's Sputnik. Like, at the end of every episode, he blows up? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess he could do that. <laughs> I don't see why he couldn't, since this isn't a real show. And even if you were actually pitching this show, I don't have the authority to put this on a network 30 years ago. Yeah. There's so many holes in this plan. Well, you know. Item number two. <laughs> Unless you have something to add. Not yet. Oh, excellent. There's going to be more. Item number two in the history of the Russian space program was, uh, well, let's say it was uh, Sputnik 2, which was like Sputnik 1, except it was bigger and had a dog in it. Was it also shaped like Globy? No, it was shaped like a little space capsule. I wasn't there. I don't know what dogs do in space. Well, okay. we do know what dogs well, do. Well, they in space. do what dogs they, do. They they die. Um, oh, well, it's, I, did I did I give any indication that you know you put the dog up in space, it's going to be able to fly a ship? I mean, did they send the dog up by himself? Was it, it was, or herself? Yeah. She yeah, was alone, wasn't she? Because dogs are, are very social animals. Yeah, no, they did not. They did not send the dog up with a squirrel to chase. It's <laughs> you know what would have made the dog feel better is if. Sputnik 2 could talk like Globy and talk to the dog about geography. Like, you and Globy today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, puppy. You're a good puppy. Now let look over there. It's Bulgaria. I mean, let's talk about Bulgaria today. Really? Learn some... <laughs> really? That's it? The, enti- the entirety of space travel, man's achievement, breaking free of the bonds of Earth and soaring past the heavens, and your reaction is, how can we work in Globy? At every turn. <laughs> no, that's just the Sputnik project. I've got a whole other routine for Apollo. Oh, excellent. Oh, do enlighten me. <laughs> no, that's because we're doing the Russian space program. Too. Oh, hey, well, okay, listeners. If you want to suggest a topic, perhaps suggest the U.S. space program, in particular uh, the Apollo missions, because apparently there's some kind of puppet on those now. Or, or Voyager. That would be fun, too. Okay, fine. The Voyager missions. The point is that we're going into space with puppets, and you need to suggest the topic to hear about them, I guess. Is that correct? Have I, have I summarized this correctly? Yes, and fans should send in their suggestions by uh, Twitter, comments, and email. Yes. <laughs> that actually was very helpful, and uh, you are forgiven for most of the Globy remarks. Not all of them. I do not forget. Apparently you forgot to tell us more about the dog. Well, I'm sorry, but the dog was up in space being tormented by some kind of malevolent talking ship. 
But that this was your idea, kind of. Oh, poor puppy. What's the dog's name? Tell us about the dog. Yes, the dog's name was Laika, I think. I don't really know if that's the exact pronunciation, but that's certainly what it looks like it's pronounced like. And she was a, a, a stray found on the streets of Moscow. They adopted her, they took her in, they made her a celebrity, and then they sent her up to die for science. Hmm. For well, science! So, uh, yeah, I mean... You're going to die anyway. Dying for science is not a bad deal. No, especially if you're a dog. It's like, oh, what do your dog die of? Fucking worms. Oh, really? Mine died of science. That's true. Yeah. My yeah. my puppy is buried in space in orbit. Yeah. Well, she the orbit decayed and she kind of, you know, burned up. But, well, eventually. Well, that's cool, too, because then she rained down on us and, you know. That's like combining, like, a space funeral and a Viking funeral. Like, if you're trying to think of something that's even cooler than, like, your dead body floating down a river in a Viking ship and, like, you're shooting flaming arrows at it and you're flaming ship, think of that in space. Yeah, I cannot argue with that. I want to argue with that, but you're right, it is awesome and it doesn't involve puppets. So, yes, that's what happened and Laika is now memorialized outside of, let's say, a space museum in Russia, I think, is where they would have done this. And outside this space museum, there is a statue of this noble dog standing atop a rocket. Not in the rocket, not wearing a little space helmet, just rocket with a dog on it. I want one of those. We all want one of those. Or, like, two of them as, um, like, columns guarding the building. Just columns, right? You can't put your hand inside and make them talk in a funny accent, perhaps? Not the dog. That's the Sputnik statue. It's, oh, but of course. It's, it's automated. It's not a puppet. It's more like the Hall of Presidents. Like, you know, you go and, like, Lincoln talks to you. Right? But it would have, like, a motion detector. Oh, okay. Like, yes, please, please, continue. <laughs> I don't know what theme parks are like in Russia, but there should be one where, like, with, like, a talking Sputnik, like, you walk by. Like, the at Disney World, they got that parrot that if you walk by it, it's like... Come to the show! <laughs> like yeah, that. yeah, the tiki room. Yeah, yeah, the tiki room thing. Like Sputnik. Hello, kids, I'm Sputnik! Come see the Sputnik show! And then there's like, see, <laughs> there's goofy Sputniks all over the place. But the statues of the rocket dog are very majestic. Yeah, okay, good. Good we got back to that, because you're talking about, you know, talking Sputnik robots, and need I remind you, a dog is dead here. I mean, it was a long time ago, but it's sad. I don't like it when dogs die. Yeah. Well, maybe... Well, no, I don't either, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah. I mean, I... Like, I, yeah, that's something I really need to think about. Oh, boy, yesterday I was all about just shooting dogs, but now that you've said that, yes, I feel different. It's not a good way to spend your Saturday. It's not. But what is a good way to spend your Saturday is uh, the third major point that I wanted to make about the Russian space program. Oh. Because... Okay, after the dog, they sent up some humans, and they had the first human in orbit, and they had some rockets that didn't really launch right because there was a thing with the engines, and they put a space station up there, and the Berlin Wall came down, and they... But after all of that happened, Russia came up with a very good idea, and that was uh, space tourism for a few million dollars. Hmm. You pay them, they take you up into space for a little while. And that sounds good. That's a good deal. Maybe to the space station where the astronauts uh, all scowl at you and tell you not to touch anything. I'd like to do that. Get like uh, like corporate sponsorship, like like Lance Bass. 
Well, yeah, like Lance First uh, gay boy band member in space. Well, he would have been. He didn't end up going. He didn't go? It kind of fell through. They were going to do like a documentary or something, and then the, the Russians kind of started getting worried he would die because he had some kind of heart thing, and then the producers also were worried he would die, and then they decided, you know, I, I guess they decided a documentary where a celebrity dies is not entertaining or interesting. Yeah, we'd have that whole dog thing again, that his body would freeze and then burn up in the ionosphere. I think they'd bring him back. I don't think they would leave his body up they there. They left the dog up there. Well, you there know? was nobody else on the ship. It's well, like they've lost a lot of credibility because they didn't go get the dog, so if I was Lance Bass, I'd be worried that they wouldn't come get me. They're like, was, well, he's dead. I guess he'll have a space Viking funeral. It wasn't going to be a solo mission. They uh, weren't going to let him fly the ship. Well, they didn't let the dog fly the ship. They could well, automate a Lance Bass ship. <laughs> That'd be kind of creepy, though. Yeah, no, they had other people... like. It's not... Like, stick me in a tube and a rocket. Wee! No, they had other people going up with him to fly the ship and bring him home. Oh, good. Yeah, no, they're not... For a couple million dollars, they better. Yeah, no, you you want... At least want a pilot. You want professionals involved in this project. But that did give rise to, you know, more reasonably priced uh, space tourism. You know, uh, Richard Richard Branson. Branson. Richard Branson. Yeah, they're doing that. Yeah, and, uh... With space tourism will eventually come people slipping the pilot a little extra money to go into space and have sex. Sounds I'd do that. I'm sure you would. That sounds fun. I'm sure you'd go up into space with your globy puppet that you love so much. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't have sex with the puppet, but maybe a girl who likes puppets. Yeah, and you'd bring the puppet and have her have him talk to her, you know, like, that's over there. That goes in there. That's just foreplay. Oh. Girls like a guy with a sense of humor. Right? So, but then you obviously, you put the puppets down. I'm not sure you would. You get in the, you know, space pillow talk. Yeah, no, I don't think I believe that you would put the puppet down. All right, here's a, here's a question about the SpaceX. Is, it's important where you do it. I mean, it's just kind of anywhere, like you go into, you know, a space broom closet, or is there eventually like a, a suite, like a boudoir kind of thing, you know? Because if you're in zero... You're implying that it's in zero G. Cause yeah, because otherwise, if, who cares? If there's an artificial gravity thing, then it's just regular sex. Yeah, no. I've seen a number of movies set in space, but in all the movies where people are having sex in space, they're always on a ship with some kind of artificial gravity. Yeah, I've, I've never seen the uh, anti-grav. Yeah, no, I've never seen the zero G sex scene in space, and I think today's filmmakers are ready for that. I mean, you know, NASA's ready for it. NASA is ready for that. And NASA's ready for it? NASA's, NASA's not even ready to replace the space shuttles. Well, no. NASA got a little... They don't seem to be ready for anything. Well, maybe NASA got a little ahead of themselves. Because what NASA decided was they were going to commission some studies on the possibility of long missions to, say, Mars or elsewhere, where people would be in space for a year or more, planning for all the possible eventualities. What if somebody's appendix goes bad? What if two of the astronauts decide to, you know succumb to exotic forbidden space love. Maybe they should have commissioned a study about decommissioning all our shuttle ships while we still got guys up there that we can't go get now in case the Russians decide to leave them up there like that dog. They've come a long way since the dog. I'm not trying to put down the Russians. Obviously, they didn't leave everyone up there like they left that dog. But... We don't have any more shuttles. We decommissioned them all. They're in the Smithsonian. So, oh no, sorry, we don't have any ships. Oh, I hope Richard Branson can save you with this 
his plane that can go out of the solar system for five seconds. Or no, out of the gravitation. Yeah, no, it can't go out of the solar system for any seconds. It, But yeah, no, I mean, presumably there will be an industry for, you know, space sex, space gambling. Today's filmmakers would be terribly interested in that. I'm actually shocked that Michael Bay has made it through Armageddon and two Transformers movies, and he's probably done some other shit about space, I don't really know. And he's made it through all these movies without some kind of, you know, sweaty, weirdly lit PG-13 space fucking. Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah, I well, mean... Well, it, it would have to... It would depend on what the mission is. Because, you know, Armageddon is... All the, all the romantic stuff happens on Earth because they're fast and they're urgent. It would have to be... One of those like, long-term missions. They'd have to have some downtime. Exactly. Long-term mission, forbidden space love. Yeah. Like in the Blue Lagoon? If you must use that comparison, well, yes, I guess like in the Blue Lagoon. I mean, like if you're alone, because if like or a, a couple people are alone, like okay. say, you know, like because you're away from home and you're in an enclosed space with not much to do for a long period of time, right? Yeah. And so then there's you know all pairing ups happen. Here's the real thing you get to is is. Alright, let's say you're on, like, the Mars colony ship. Like, you're gonna go colonize Mars. That's... I'm there. Because okay. we're, we're, they're, they're talking about that's what they're making plans for, right? Uh, I guess, or maybe just walk around and get some rocks, but hopefully colonize. Well, once... You, I mean, we got robots to do that. Yeah. If you're gonna go all the way there, maybe you stay for a while, set yeah. up something. A dome. It's not like the moon where you just go and come back in a week. Yeah. No, you, you know. go to Mars, you bring a dome. This is, the moon's like Memorial Day vacation kind of thing. Okay. But so, okay, so you go colonize Mars, and, all right, so in 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 the Blue Lagoon... And it begins. <laughs> you have the ship crashes, and there's these two little kids, and I don't know why they had two little kids on the ship, but then, you know, there there's a grizzled sea captain and he teaches them nothing, and dies... <laughs> And they grow up stupid and pretty, and they end up fucking and falling in love, and then they have a baby, and they think the baby dies because he eats poison something or other, and then, so they're like, oh, we'd better kill ourselves, and then they climb into a rowboat and kill themselves, and then the baby wakes up because he's not dead. That was the one with Brooke Shields. Flash forward to Return to the Blue Lagoon, the sequel... And there's another ship, and there's the baby standing there with the corpses of his dead, naked teenage parents. And they're like, oh, oh baby, out in the water. Whoa. So they rescue wait, the baby. Who, wait, no, who rescues this baby? Another ship. Oh, good, there's another ship. There's another ship that happens to be coming by. They thank couldn't God. come by to rescue everybody. They come by later. Yeah, thank goodness that the Russian space program had this other ship to rescue the Blue Lagoon baby. No, no, no. This is on an island on Earth. I understand that. I'm building up to that. Oh, good. So oh, good. Okay. So so they have a, another little kid on the ship, and I don't know why, and the ship crashes again on the same island. Why do they keep going back to this island? I don't know. Maybe they have nice... Gemstones, or I guess they have nice big sharp rocks to kill your ship. Well, that too. Um, but so, so they crash, 
And then there's, you know, everyone dies except the two little kids and one, like, cute governess lady who dies later. And so, again, you got these two kids growing up, and this is the one with Mila Jovovich. And so they have a whole other thing. And then there's the ripoff that's out in the desert or some shit, which had Willie Ames from Charles in Charge and Bible Man. And Bible Man. And, and Phoebe Cates from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And they do basically the same stuff, but it's called Paradise. Okay. Anyway, so you have... Yeah, it's it's wonderful that you know so much about this, that you're willing to, to bring your passion for this wonderful cinematic sh- subgenre. Really bad movies. But the thing is, so you could do that on Mars. Because, like, let's say you got the colony ship... Okay. And it crashes, okay? And all the adults die, except for two kids, because it takes, like, two fucking years to get to Mars. Yeah. All right? And so... While these people are pairing up and having their space sex, like, space sex is cool, but then... Space babies. Space pregnancy, space babies. If the ship crashes, you got these two babies and, and uh, hopefully a grizzled old captain. Yeah, a salty old s- spaceman. Right, right. And, uh, you know, and with, like, a parrot with a... A little you know, parrot or a mon- helmet. Or a monkey. Okay, fine. So kind of, he's got a pet space monkey. Yeah. And they... They and he, try to teach the kids about some stuff. Right, but all, he sets up the dome and, like, the hydroponic farm and then dies. He's fixing the radio and gets electrocuted. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and then you got the same problem. Except um, now they're in a this, so you dome. got the two kids who are growing up in complete isolation, learning about the most basic shit, and that's Michael Bay's movie. Michael Bay's Blue Lagoon on Mars. Michael Bay's Red Lagoon. There you go. There we go. That is our title. Yes. That's the movie you're going for right And there. Michael Bay needs to have some crap blow up. This is the this is the risk you run talking about movies about SpaceX, because it's going to end up a Blue Lagoon ripoff. Directed by Michael Bay, so shit blows up as well. Yeah. I'm guessing when that, when that radio blows up, it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, and then there's, you know, Mars monsters. Absolutely there are Mars monsters. The Mars monsters come into the dome, and then the, the atmosphere in the dome is poisonous to them... And they just explode everywhere and get monster guts all over the place. And so the children fear the Mars monsters, but they must also don their spacesuits and go out and patrol. This is amazing. We have, I mean, it's terrible, and I will never see it because it's terrible, but I will definitely see it because it's terrible. Yeah, basically. And, and that, that opens the floodgates for all the other Mars movies. Oh, absolutely. An entire just subgenre of films that are just... There's some guy in Hollywood right now, and this is true. I am sure this is happening. <laughs> there's a guy in Hollywood right now with a list of movie titles, and he's just writing On Mars at the end of every title. Oh, yeah. So we've got Blue Lagoon On Mars, and, you know, Disorderlies On Mars, and, like, and uh, Leprechaun in Space On Mars. And The Clumps On Mars. Absolutely, and... yeah. Eddie Murphy in a fat suit On Mars. That's the title. Eddie Murphy in a fat suit On Mars, the movie, the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's actually the title. We should make a movie and actually call it that. And it's Eddie Murphy, okay, he's in the Mars colony, on the other side of the planet. On the other side of the planet is where the Blue Lagoon kids are living in isolation, unaware that Eddie Murphy's over here in the other colony. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Tyler Perry's Medea on Mars. Okay, that can be in a third colony. Yeah, in the old lady suit. Yeah. But Eddie Murphy is in his uh, space police precinct on Mars... And his, his boss tells him... Oh, I got another one. Indiana Jones 5, Shia LaBeouf goes to Mars. 
there we go. That's how we get him kind of off on his own franchise. Yeah. Because what we have... Transformers is, 3 on Mars, and you got two Shia LaBeoufs. Uh, Transformers 3, I think, is actually going to be on the moon. Or it's going to involve the moon. Maybe it's going to... Okay. I, I haven't really been following it because it's a Transformers movie and... Okay, remember when we said disorderlies are on Mars? Yes. Okay, Eddie Murphy has to infiltrate the disorderlies. But to blend in, he has to wear a fat suit to blend in with the surviving members of the Fat Boys who are in that movie. How many Fat Boys are still alive? I have no idea. Maybe all of them, maybe none. Do we need Kid and Play to help? They have to wear the suits too, but yeah. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay, so we've got Eddie Murphy wearing the suit, going undercover with the disorderlies to infiltrate their group, but his new partner is a Russian space dog. Oh! Ooh. Yes! Is it going to be... Okay, so like like his revenge. Yes, Eddie Murphy in a fat suit on Mars, the movie, the sequel, like his revenge. That's awful. Oh, 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 that's awful, Globy. Okay. <laughs> The whole concept is awful, but it's going to happen because every movie this year is a remake or a sequel or a prequel. Or... Yeah. And so, so now it's then people are bitching about this. Next year, they're going to be all like, why is every movie on Mars? Yeah. If we're going to be making crappy sequels and remakes and stuff, why even bother taking it seriously? I think this why could actually... Everything on Mars. This could actually hurt the space program because in 10 years... NASA's going to have their next generation shuttles done. They're going to be like, we're going to do missions to Mars. And everyone's going to be like, no, we saw those movies. Mars is lame. Oh, Mars is lame. Eddie Murphy dressed like a big fat lady shooting Mars monsters is... Okay, that's... It's pretty lame. But... Walked right into that one. I absolutely did, and that is my fault, and I blame you. Yeah. But yes, this could be an amazing cinematic achievement. A whole... Like, like they're doing the Marvel film universe like that, except it's just the shitty remake on Mars universe. Ooh, do DC, and then you get Martian Manhunter. Okay, he could be there. There's actually already a Martian in, in the comics. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's how his movie starts. It's, I need to get away from the disorderlies. They are unprofessional. <laughs> Poor Martian Manhunter. He's supposed to be the last living Martian, and there's all these fucking... Human movie stars from the 80s colonizing this planet. Yeah. Instead Remember. of the fat suit, I would like Eddie Murphy to do a sequel to Coming to America called Coming to Mars, and he plays the same African prince. And this time, he's a king, and he's married and everything, and he's looking for a husband for his daughter. A Martian husband for his daughter. Yeah. Or like a, a Mars colonist. Yeah, and it's called Coming to Mars. And it's just as... And Arsenio Hall can be in it again. Okay. And can it be just as hilarious as Coming to America. There we go. Except it's on Mars, and they have to fight Mars monsters, and... They're going to fight Mars monsters. Okay. And that is our summary of the Russian space program. Have a good breakfast, everybody. We'll see you next week. Keep sending in those topics. Until next time, keep riding that dog rocket. Mm-hmm.